Was it red button? There we go. Can you hear me? Is it on? Yeah, it's on. Okay. believe a lot of people didn't show up. The greatest hits didn't show up in the last time.
Do you need us to move? Okay, it's three o'clock, or it's actually 3.08. I like to call this meeting to order. Thanks everybody for being here today. And um, let's see, uh, clerk, will you please call the roll? Test there. Chair Halter? Here. Vice Chair Compass here, and Councilmember Duran is called in absent. Called in sick. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and now let's see. Our Housing Service Manager Leona Rollins would like to make an announcement. Um, yes. Good afternoon, everyone. I would just like to take this opportunity to introduce two new members of the Housing Services Division team: Rachel Weiss and Romero Trinidad who joined our, our division in August. And so this is their first official Host and Solutions subcommittee meeting. Great, welcome both of you. Can be a good addition to our city, I'm sure. Okay. Um, okay, next we have public comment. And this is a time set aside for members of the public to address the committee on items other than those listed on the agenda. Uh, please note that the comments are limited to three minutes. And Gail, you gave me uh, you had one speaker? Yes, we have one speaker, Ad Adela Trainer. Yeah. Oh, number four. Oh, I stand corrected. We have two public comments for, for general, the general public comments. Okay, sounds great. Um, so first, Adela, and then next is Judy Alexander. Okay, Adela, welcome to the podium. Oh, we got to adjust this way down. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Adela Trainer. Um, you know, I didn't really come to speak about anything that's on the agenda. In fact, I'm feeling so emboldened to speak because I just came from Pacific High School to talk to those kids about voting. So if I could talk to them, I can talk to anybody. I'm just here to let you know I've been to a meeting or two before. I haven't been here to a lot of meetings. I would like to come every time, but my comment is this. First of all, thank you for everything that you do because this is such an important, uh, important, important and challenging topic. I know. I am Adela Trainer. I am a real estate agent. I'm not representing any agency or anything, but as a real estate agent and somebody who works in the housing industry on a different level, I see a lot of what we're talking about, which is why I'm so impassioned about this topic and why I'm here, because I see it from a different angle. I would encourage you all to consider when you are having important conversations, 
to keep your association of realtors in mind and your realtors in mind because we are the eyes and the ears. We see stuff, I mean, we could tell you stories. We are important to have at the table. We do have a, a, a local government relations person. We have a lot of very impassioned people who are very interested in the housing issue. Uh, we're not the uh, we're not the evil devil incarnate just looking out to sell homes. We're about housing. That's what we're about, and we see it. And there's nothing more heartbreaking than not being able to help somebody. And so I know. Um, so just keep that in mind. That's all. And thank you again for all you do. Great. Thank you, Dale. Great way to start our meeting. And our next speaker is Judy. First, I need to really thank Liz and Doug that you're even here today after the barrage of last night. So thank you, and thank you for your commitment and dedication. And the public comment has to do with the gap needs that BSSTF has put forward. And we keep asking that it be on the agenda and it keeps not being on the agenda, and we would like it to be on the agenda. And the gap needs that we are talking about and are concerned about is, one, wanting updates and for it to be an official action items. One, what is happening with the Portland Loos? What is happening with the one that was supposed to be downtown and the goal of having two? Second is, what is the current status of where we are with storage? and the need for storage, and I'm not expecting an answer from any one person. I'm wanting it on the agenda so we can talk about it. Um, third is what is happening with, we know that safe sleep doesn't work well because of the requirements. Can we have a designated place where RVs that people are living in full time can be and not have to dump on our streets? and not have to dump in our drains. It's a health and sanitary issue as well as a safety issue for those that are in the RVs. We do know from talking with Matt Levere that there's a willingness to cooperate with the county on a roving kind of um, dump collection that they've done at different places. I don't have the answer, I don't have the solution, I just, it's a problem, it's a problem for all of us that we need to talk about and come to some answers about. And then I want you to know that the faith community has really started to come together regarding um, Laundry Lub. They now have two Laundry Lubs that are up and running with the goal of four. So just wanting you to have that update and there are six congregations that have come together, three for each site, that are actively working to staff um, that laundry love for all people who have that need for laundry assistance. So thank you for knowing. You'll put it on the agenda because it's important. Thank Great. Thank you. Judy, Sorry. could you tell us where the other laundry love is, the new one? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I interrupted. No, no, it's for any time. I'm usually a pretty, uh, pretty casual leader here, so, <laughs> so if I forget something, just feel free to speak up. 
Um, next up, though, is four, uh, four more items. There's four tonight and uh, this afternoon, <laughs> whatever time of day it is. I lose track very easily. Um, and let's see. Uh, first, though, do I have a, a motion for the, uh, to approve the minutes? I move to approve the minutes of July 20-something meeting. Yeah, 25th. 25th. June, or, or September. We're in September. Oh. This is September. Yeah. We're so approving did I give you the wrong agenda? It was July. July 25th. 25th. Oh, I oh, see yeah, what you mean. Yeah, here, yeah, it's the July minutes. Okay. Um, our, our apologies. July it was a very long meeting last yeah. night. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh, there's a motion. I, I'll second that motion. And all in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion, uh, the minutes are approved. And uh, next is, our next formal item is number two. It's an update on the city's affordable housing program. And we have a report from staff. Leona, I'll turn it over to you. Yes, um, this um, item will be presented by Ginny Buckingham. Okay. Good afternoon. So we thought it would be a good idea to update everybody about the grants that we are working on and the housing developments that we're working on so that you know that there are a lot of things in the queue and that are actually happening. A um, couple of grants that you may not know about. One is called CDBG-DR. This was disaster recovery money through the CDBG program from HUD that uh, allocated $4.6 million to the city as uh, a result of the, uh, the, la the impact on housing from the Thomas fire. We have allocated that to the Westview 2 project, which is the 50 units of senior apartments at Westview Village. And that project, uh, Kyler would probably know better than I would, but it's getting close to being finished. So it's a great project and has uh, uh, a head start in it and um, some other amenities as well. Then there's also the Home ARP, which is the Home American Rescue Plan grant through which we got $1.6 million. Uh, that required a, a big outreach to service providers of what are called qualifying populations, which include domestic violence, uh, trafficking, homeless, about to be homeless, and some other categories. And we had to do some outreach to a number of providers in those areas. In March, the City Council approved the uh, home allocation, home ARP allocation plan. Then HUD approved that, which is really good news. And they're still working on their policies before they can actually release the money. And then we have the permanent local uh, housing allocation grant, which is the, the revenue that's um, received through the assessor's office for certain rec recordings of uh, properties. And it's a $75 add-on cost that comes back to the cities that it was uh, serving. And so we have access to that funding starting in 2019, which was $357,000. Uh, we have applied for 2020 uh, th and 2021, uh, but we were denied because our housing element is still not certified. 
uh, we will be able to apply for 2020, 2021, and 2022, hopefully sometime this year. Uh, it was, they were supposed to announce that in August, and obviously that did not happen. But that um, will total for those three years about $1.5 million, 1.4 of which will be allocated to a project. And then uh, some of our projects that are ongoing include the Ventura Springs, which is the veterans housing. Uh, it's a new development of 122 rental units for low-income veterans and their families who may have a disability, experience homelessness, or economic challenges. And the estimated project cost is almost $70 million. And the city, the city funding was $3.2 million sourced from City Home, which is through the HUD, uh, HUD division. Successor Housing Agency, which is a, a, re a relic of the redevelopment agency, and deferral or impact fees. Then there's, as I mentioned previously, the Westview Village Phase Two, seniors 55 and older. Um, and that's, again, almost finished. And then there's the Valentine Road, which is also a housing authority project, and it's rehabilitating the existing La Quinta Hotel on Valentine Road into 134 units of permanent supportive housing. The estimated cost on that is $63 million. And that is the report. Those are things to keep your eye out on. Uh, hopefully, you'll see the, the uh, results of all of that funding and those developments. I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Great, thank you, Jenny. Is there any public comments on this item? No public comments. Okay, uh, with that, um, Liz, do you have any questions or comments? No, I think it was a very clear report. Thank you. Uh, I have one, and that's on um, the recording document fee of $75. I wasn't aware of that. That's. Um, yeah. Ongoing, and in fact, maybe our guest who is your microphone. It is on real estate, real estate transactions, but I don't know what real estate transaction it is. It adds up to a lot of money. Is it restricted to any special purpose? Well, it is. There are certain projects that you can, um, that you can do in 2000. So the first allocation was 2019, which we learned about in late 2020. So it's about almost a year before we know what the total is for the prior year. Uh, and in 2021, we went to the city council and they approved it to go to, wholly go to affordable housing. I see. There are other, other possibilities, but that, and that was a five-year plan. So that's the five-year. Got it. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, no public comments, and Liz, any other comments? No? Okay, so moving on to our next agenda item, number three, and that's the 2023-2024 Emergency Solution Grant application. And we have a re report from staff as well. Leona, turn it over to you. Yes, um, this um, item will be presented by Romero Trinidad. Good afternoon, everyone. So. Yeah, so in continued efforts to support the street outreach programs within the city limits, we submitted a grant for to the emergency solutions 
through the Ventura County Continuum of Care for the amount of $75,000. Uh, it's very important to note that this grant is highly competitive and the funds that will be available are limited. Uh, another thing to note would be that per the literature of the grant, uh, typically the awards funded are less than uh, requested. So that's pretty much it. We should expect a response for this grant sometime early in 2024. Great. And open to questions. Okay. First, is there any public comments on this? Item? No public comments on okay. this item. Any questions? Um, yes, what are the services that this is devoted to? So this would probably go directly to perform the street outreach that's uh, already being done by uh, the county. So this would help supplement that program. So, you know, backpack medicine, any kind of street outreach that uh, corresponds within city limits would be covered to a certain degree with this grant if awarded. Okay. Thank you. Okay, with that, uh, we're clicking right through it. Um, um, if I can, did I want to ask staff if they needed uh, the subcommittee to um, have a vote on items two and items three? I'm not sure if they did. Oh, but did you they need could, action? Okay. It's just read and file, or yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, item. Well, see. we will need an action on item number four. Okay. Hard time finding item number four. Let me check this one. <laughs> One second. Okay. Oh, okay. That's okay. Uh, okay. Item number four is 2023 to 2024 Fell Weather Shelter Program. Very important as we're entering El Nino. So, again, I believe we have a staff presentation. Yes. And this item will be presented by Rachel West. Okay. Hello, everybody. So for the 2023-2024 Foul Weather Shelter Program, we'll be partnering with the River Community Church again for the fourth year. Um, the Foul Weather Shelter serves individuals and families experiencing unsheltered homelessness and incidents of inclement weather. Staff recommends that the requirements for activating the Foul Weather Shelter be changed to 40 degrees and below and or half an inch of rain or more expected overnight to ensure operation funds for the season. For the 2023-2024 program, um, we do have uh, $25,000 that's from our city, um, city's community development block grant, our CDBG, um, allotted. So with that money and the plan of 40 degrees and below and half an inch of rain or more, um, that would mean we could operate the shelter from December 1st, 2023 to March 31st, 2024 um, and provide motel vouchers for 20 rooms for a total of 10 nights. Um, in addition to that funding, we do have some carryover funding from the previous year, 2022-2023. Um, so with that, we are able to have an additional 15 nights of motel vouchers, um, totaling a total of 25 nights. Um, and just some background, the foul weather shelter is prioritized for those who are over the age of 65 um, or who have um, health uh, conditions or concerns. Um, and there is no additional financial impact to the city. Any questions or comments? Is there a public comment on this one? We do have one public comment okay. on this item is Judy Alexander. Uh, 
Thank you for the information. I'm incredibly disappointed. We have talked about the foul weather shelter and talked about the foul weather shelter. The faith community and BSSTF came together and made all kinds of recommendations and I know staff has been working on it. So I'm not questioning effort. I'm not questioning, what I'm questioning is our commitment. Today alone at one stop, there are close to 100 people. That happens every week. Close to 100 and? 100 people seeking service here from our city. We are saying to those people, you don't matter. You don't get to be housed. You get to be out in the rain all day and all night. Your clothes get to be wet. Your backpack gets to be wet. Your blanket gets to be wet. We have nothing for you. 20 people, 20 rooms, is totally inadequate. We had talked about having a place where we might cooperate with the city of Oxnard again. We talked about some place that could be for three months every day because of weather and cold. I don't know about you, but because there's a half an inch predicted at night doesn't mean it doesn't rain during the day. Yes, they get wonderful warming packs, great warming packs, and they're wet. They get wet really fast. Yes, they come and they get a hot meal, and I have nothing but praise for what the river community does. They are an amazing partner. They do incredible service for this community, and what they do during the winter shelter, I have nothing but to applaud them. That's not the issue. The issue is that we as a city don't take the foul weather shelter seriously enough. When we needed to leave the armory, for all kinds of good reasons, we decided that the people that go there don't matter. I see people who are turned away when I volunteer there. And after you're turned away twice because the rooms are already full, you don't go back because who wants to wait in line to be turned away? Who wants to have their one meal that they may get that day every time be spaghetti or ravioli? We need to do a better job about caring for the unhoused when it is in the winter. We need to be able to house at least 50 people. We need to be more creative. And as I say, on the GAPS thing, there was a huge committee that worked on that and put suggestions, and I happen to know Leona really worked hard on that. So my question isn't a lack of staff effort. The question is city commitment. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Any other public comments? No further public comments. Okay, great. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, any questions or comments? Let's yes, thank you, Judy, um, for what you said. I, I was concerned simply with the fact that we seem to be lowering the um, standard to 40 degrees and a half an inch of rain. And on nights when we get less than a quarter of an inch of rain, the unsheltered people who live in, in my neighborhood are soaking wet in an hour. And when you're soaking wet, 40 degrees is like 20. So it may be we have to change that standard and then we have to find a way to get the city to put more money into this. 
or find a location that is willing to open up to everybody who doesn't need the hotel voucher, but can have a gathering place out of the rain during the night and maybe during the day. And I um, am sorry that we are, as a city, not funding our own staff enough on this. May I ask, feeding on this, is uh, how much did we fund for this year? For the so for this year, we have an allocation through our community development block grant known as CDBG of $25,000. And fortunately, from last year, we have a carryover of about $40,000. Okay. So we have a total of $65,000. But keep in mind that carryover funding was a one-time allocation through our previous interim city manager, Akbar. Okay. And, um, and we currently house uh, 20 people, is that what I heard? So, although technically 20 people is not an accurate assessment, we reserve 20 rooms. On many nights, we house couples as well as families, so the number of people served per night can vary. Okay. But what I'm hearing is we could use uh, two and a half times that. Yes, based on public comment, that based is correct. Public comment. Okay. And, uh, in a half inch of rain overnight. The concern I have, if this is a true El Nino and um, we have a lot of rain, mm -hmm. like last year was supposed to be a dry year, <laughs> um, it's, it's a little concerning going into this, is what happens during the day if it's raining all day long? And we're getting it. So yeah, so unfortunately, this keep it, uh, this program was implemented before my tenure with the city, and basically only provides overnight shelter. If there are instances where it's scheduled to rain for multiple days, then the individual selected for the room on night one will continue to reside in that room for several nights at a time. So there were several instances last season where rain was projected for two to four nights. So if you were um, granted a room on night one, you remain access to that room through the rain and then once the rain um, you know you know went away or the temperature rose above 45 degrees then we would exit those individuals couples or families out of those rooms okay and um, the 65,000 that we have for this year uh, how much does it cost per night so the average per night is around twenty-five to three thousand dollars per night for the twenty rooms for the guests, and then we get one additional room for security. So it's a total of twenty-one rooms, so that the security guard can have access to bathroom facilities and things of that magnitude. And I would want to know one final thing for me is um, maybe at the fifty percent mark when we use fifty percent of the money, can you let us know? Yes, we can report back. So, yeah, that's similar to what we did last season. We reported back when we were on the verge of decrease, um, depleting 50% of the allocation, and we're more than happy to do so again this year. Thank you. Okay. Anything else? Uh, did you want, you needed a motion to approve So this? we need a motion to either approve or reject this recommendation. If you're deciding that you want to keep it at the previous season requirements of 45 degrees and below and a quarter inch of rain or more, then you would have to reject this recommendation. But if you agree to the 40 degrees and below and a half an inch of rain or more, you will approve the recommendation. Got it. And the, the reason to lower that standard to 40 degrees. 
and half inch of rain is financial? Is so there is a there is a small financial component to that as well, but also during the nights where we were between 41 to 45 degrees, we did not get a certain number of participants. Some nights we had no one show up, or we had maybe two or three people show up. But the nights where we were projected with lower temperatures as well and excessive amount of rain, we received a multitude of individuals seeking shelter that evening. I think one of the things that enters my mind is that um, along with the cold and the dampness or the wet or the rain is the wind. If it's a wind event as well, that definitely makes it a lot colder mm -hmm. for people. That is correct. So can we interject something like if there's, if we have sustained winds of more than 15 miles an hour? Yeah, we could follow the, we will follow the recommendation of the subcommittee. Okay. So if that's something that you that. want to add as a requirement, then that's something that we would indicate as a requirement, and we will monitor the weather to confirm that. Yeah, because I, I think maybe what it is is that if it's 45, if it's 40 degrees, keep it there, uh, and then if it's 45 degrees uh, and more in 15 mile an hour, I'm throwing out a number that I think would be reasonable mile an hour uh, sustained winds for more than an hour, mm -hmm. then we could open the shelter. Yeah, and most of the weather applications that we utilize do also mention like projected wind. So like I said, if that's one of the requirements that the subcommittee would like to have in place in addition, we're more than happy to monitor as well for activation. Um, one other thing I would like to note about the Foul Weather Shelter Program, we will be collaborating with the City of Oxnard this year. So they also will be establishing their own Foul Weather Shelter Program, um, which will be kickstarting on December 1st of this year as well. And we will be coordinating with them on schedule activation dates. So basically individuals that are facing unsheltered homelessness in Oxnard will have the Oxnard shelter available to them, and those in Ventura will have the Ventura shelter available to, um, to our residents and community members. Because we did have an influx of some individuals from other jurisdictions accessing our shelter this year, I mean this past season. So like I said, both cities will be working together to serve as many people as possible. Excellent, good. So also because this will be a, um unfortunately long-term ongoing problem. Could you have someone, I don't care who, but someone keep some statistics every day that that shelter's open? What the temperature is, what the wind is, how many people show up? Was it raining before the shelter started or was it clear and rain expected in the night? Yeah, and, and we pretty much have those statistics for last season, but we will keep, we will add those additional statistics to monitor for this season as well. And if you have those statistics from last season, can you email them to me? Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. In the meantime, I'd be willing to entertain a motion. Um, and what I would be hoping for would be something to a tune of a supporting staff's recommendations by adding the 45 degrees and 15 mile an hour wind uh, component to it. If you have something different, a substitute I, motion. I just think that that's too cold. I think we really need to stick with 45. So can, we, can you amend your motion uh, yeah. to 45 degrees? So 45 degrees, and then maybe we leave the wind out at that point? No. Leave, put it in. So is the subcommittee recommending the requirements to be 45 degrees and below a quarter, uh, quarter inch of rain or more with 15 per miles per hour wind chill? I would do that. 
Is I that second that motion. You, you second that. Okay. Um, any further discussion on the motion? Seeing none, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion passes. A lot easier than council. Um, <laughs> um, um, okay. Chair Halter, could I, who, who was the motion maker and who was the second? It was me. And, and Collaboration, okay. actually, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Officially me. All right. Okay, um, next up is um, we have no informal items to discuss on this agenda, but we do want to discuss items that we want to add to the future agenda. Before we get into that, I know I would like to just make a comment to maybe jog some of our thoughts today, okay? And it may not be apropos, but since it's a small group, is, pardon? I'm sorry, it's not on here, but we have a staff Oh. oh, that's at the end, after the future items, future agenda items. Yes, okay, <laughs> good. Um, Thank you for waking me up. I personally wouldn't mind once we get in, uh, we'll just take a few minutes on this for future agenda items, because we do keep missing some, is uh, I would not mind at all a hand being raised and uh, somebody making a recommendation. I would actually appreciate that. But before we get into that, I wanted to mention that um, having gone through the council meeting we did last night and the contention that we're having in regards to housing in, in particular, I will say as a lifetime Californian and seeing uh, the housing imbalance and the housing problems be created over my lifetime and knowing very well that well-intended policies with the unintended consequences that caused us to be in this position. I know all too well. So we could have a lot of fun and enjoyment working with each other and seeing all the people in this room and in the room last night, sharing ideas and perspectives on how we could best meet the needs of the housing for this generation and next. And for people just starting off in life and people who have been successful in life, as well as people who are really down on their luck and maybe have mental health issues or substance issues or just couldn't pay last month's rent. We could have a lot of fun working together as a community, and I know most of the people I know and love in this community are more than willing to give their resources to, make, to find solutions to make this the best community possible. Showing up at council meetings with a type of anger and outrage because people feel threatened, I try to remember why people are angered. Um, but the, the, pointed, the pointedness, the insinuation that some of us may not have that same love, love and passion for our community as a rest is appalling. And I hope that we can all work together to once again give each other a little grace and understand that we're all, we all offer a different perspective and we all want the best for our community. And that all of us on the council, off the council, in this committee, city staff, we're working hard trying to find the solutions to make this a better world uh, and making our community that model for others to follow. So when I see people here from the real estate board, and somebody I know very well, most of you, this is a small town, we're all degree, two degrees of separation here. We all serve a role. We, we all are our eyes and ears out there in the community to see what we can do and can't do. I, I personally feel I haven't seen a problem yet in my life that I can't figure out, with the help of others, how to solve it. And I know the way I typically solve my own personal issues is by talking about them. 
and people help me come up with the solutions. And that's what I think committees and councils are all about as well. And I think that if we really want to solve the unhoused issue, we need to do things differently than what we've done. And when I, I, I'm always open to, and I, I'm asking you, I guess I'm begging a lot of you here tonight uh, to help be part of the solution even more so than you already are and help figure out how can we help others connect the dots. It's always okay to see things differently and to maybe connect them in a different way. Matter of fact, that'd be intriguing. But the reality is, is that we have a severely, a severe problem with people who graduate our high schools here and then go away to college. They will not return to Ventura County. That is completely unsustainable. That is not a healthy community, okay? They won't come back here, not because we don't live in paradise, <laughs> okay? Or, or that they have family here that spread their roots here for three, three or four generations, but because they can't afford to be here. The fact is, most of us who live here, I really don't care, like most of my friends, what our houses are worth. It makes no difference to me, because I'm not cashing out and moving away. The only people who benefit by a high cost of housing are people who say, ooh, that's the right number. I'm moving to Nevada now. I'm moving to Texas now. I'm gonna live like a king there, <laughs> okay? I'm not doing that. This is a state that I'm very passionate about. This is a city that still represents the best that California has ever been. And I'm determined to help make sure that we enhance what we love about this community. So when we hear people being outrageous and doing things, whether it's at council meetings or in public, if we could all do our part to try to minimize that ripple of negativity that goes through the universe and help tone that person down, or help remind people that we must have respect for each other. Those are things that I can't say when people come up to the podium. And it's very appalling to me that I, don't, I can't have that voice to do that. But in a committee, I want to share that thought with all of you to see if you could join me in helping to tone down the rhetoric and let's get to business and really try to solve these problems. And I want to say that before we talk about future agenda items, because to me, I still think in flow charts. I think in looking at facts, looking at what is our current housing stocks, what economic levels does our current housing stock support, um, all the social services that we have that are creating the housing for those that are unhoused today and how they interfit with each other and support each other. And something that goes unmissed a lot is looking at our jobs. People acted surprised last night when they heard that 70% of our people in the city workforce commute outside of Ventura for work. We've known that for 20 years, okay? We've known, we were, we're a job-rich city for people to come to work in. If we want to have a, a people, the workforce in Ventura working in our city, it is not the jobs that are here. So how do we bring the jobs here for the people who live in our city? That is the greenest thing we could do. That is the best thing we could do for climate. That is the best thing we could do for the quality of life. That is the best way for us to create community that cares about each other so that we could solve these bigger problems that we're discussing today. I wanted to say that out loud to all of you and I hope you don't mind me taking the privilege to do so. But I'd like to give my colleague a chance to say anything you may want to say as well. Yeah, thank you for expressing that. It was a contentious meeting last night. 
there were many good people speaking to, and so um, I think there are people right now in the city who are um, hell-bent on attacking the council persons who are up for re-election. I'm not getting that kickback right now, and council member Halter is. But for me, if we all are kind, then the people who are negative kind of fall down into the wayside. Well, with that said, I think, though, as we move forward for future agenda items, um, uh, I would love to see, for me, uh, I like seeing that, that flow chart, Leona. I think we talked about that before. And seeing those numbers, I actually pulled stuff off. I mean, I'm probably um, that uh, artificial intelligence is going to be the end of me. But um, it's actually pretty fun, um, if you could trust it. I'm not quite sure I could trust everything yet. <laughs> but um, just looking at the different types of housing that we have and all the things I mentioned before and seeing where the holes are at and then seeing where the holes are, and I think that's what you're talking about, Judy, is the gaps, the gaps in services. Um, we should be able to clearly and easily identify that. And um, the best... The sooner we could identify that, and, and things are dynamic, so things will constantly be changing. Maybe when we fix this, another issue may become the gap. I recognize that, but we have to stay on top of it. And thank God we have all the resources I see in this room, and then some, you know, to do this. But um, I do think talking about the gaps is something that should be on the agenda for a future agendaized item. And uh, Liz Campos, would you like to add anything else to the future agenda? Well, I think that that, that those gap services that Ms. Alexander was talking about was VSF, VSSTF, oh. subcommittee, the FACE subcommittee. So if you can give them a reporting opportunity. Is it you that makes the agenda, Leona? Yes. Yeah. In collaboration for, with Gail. For the next meeting. Okay. Um, and I received email from two people about this meeting asking if we could collect data or information about what each of the individual organizations are spending and look for possibilities of duplicated services and so that the organization can get more efficient and provide more services. I don't know that anything's being duplicated. I think we just don't have enough of what we have. But I did receive emails about that, and I don't know how we would identify or report that. Mm -hmm. But maybe on the next agenda, they can come and hear what we have to say. Yeah, you know, actually, Lee's gonna touch up on that rather quickly. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but before he gets into staff communications, I do have two items that I wanna propose for the next agenda. Um, those two items include a date change for the December 2023 meeting. Oh, yeah. The meeting is currently scheduled for Tuesday, December 26. Oh, yeah. no. City Hall will be closed that week. So we're going to be proposing for your approval a change to December, Tuesday, December 19th. Okay. Um, at the next meeting, 
Also, we were also gonna be proposing some requirement changes in terms of residency for the Safe Sleep Program. Because as of right now, the Safe Sleep Program requires you to have a California ID or driver's license in the city of Ventura, car insurance for the city of Ventura, and that is a barrier to a lot of people in facing unsheltered homelessness and residing in their vehicles or RVs. So we'll be bringing that forth um, at the next meeting in October as well. Thank you. Uh, the other thing is I don't see anybody from uh, our police department here. Do they normally from the patrol uh, give a report? Sometimes they do, yes. Yeah, okay. If, would uh, you want a report for next month? I, I would, yeah. I, I think it'd be uh, advantageous, especially as we're entering the colder months now. Um, you know, instead of 75, it might be 70. Um, <laughs> um, we have beautiful weather here. Um, is um, um, is seeing uh, from an RV standpoint and from people sleeping in cars and maybe taking on um, uh, some camping uh, somewhere else in the community that we hadn't seen it before. Just being aware of those things or maybe where there's some safety issues for that neighborhood or for, uh, for the people sleeping outside. Okay, uh, so it'd be great to hear about that. Um, anything else on that? Is there anything from any of you out there, I'm willing to entertain. Uh, Jeff? Yeah. I like that. Let's put that down, too. Thank you. And Stephanie. brings to mind for me anyways, and this is why I love this type of dialogue this way, is that um, maybe there is something more of a dashboard that we have, you know, where uh, that's one, one of the items on that dashboard I could see as uh, Mr. Lambert and I have talked about the 10,000 people that you say is on a waiting list, housing authority, that may not change much week by week or year by year or month by month at this point. but. Um, but I do think that somehow what we have discussed and what we were discussing last night with the general plan and ADAs and JADUs, uh, ADUs and JADUs and housing and density and how all that fits together and how it creates the mixture of housing that we may not have other, otherwise had in the city. And so if there's things that have been approved then we know there's one building that's going to give us 13 very low income units. That's worth something to this community. Yes, it's 13, it's not 1,300 but it is a start, okay? So maybe, maybe that dashboard keeps track of those things, so it'll be in conjunction with community development 
to get some of those numbers. Just food for thought. Anything else? Yeah. Thanks. Another great one. And uh, Judy. Thank you for talking about the agenda. Only one or two on at a meeting so that the staff has time to do the legwork and to come up with a recommendation that can be discussed as opposed to just having a list. Okay. Good. Makes it more manageable, man. We, we have a list, I think, of a lot of people that have been here. I think there's several missing today. It's a small, smaller crowd than normal. So we, but that's a great thought. And that's part of what that flowchart identifies, too, to me. And um, you were here, unfortunately, <laughs> more often than you want. But um, I'm used to looking at critical path. I'm used to finding, on anything I've done in my life, at least three different paths to get to something that's in a, a, a acceptable uh, goal, okay, and then, um, and uh, the flow chart charts. What if then, you know, and where those resources are? I see that with climate change. That's why last night when we, there was something that came up that seemed not that I disagreed with it, but it was haphazard. It wasn't something that uh, really fit a plan that fit. I was afraid you're going to use, and we could do the same thing here when it comes to housing and housing the unhoused is, is how do we methodically use our resources to the maximum benefit and get the maximum results? And that's really what I'm all about. That's why I want to go that direction. Okay, anything else? Okay, I think staff's waiting to do the staff update, so. <laughs> okay, thanks for your patience. Ready to go. I'm really glad everybody is curious and interested about data and dollars right now because I've spent the past month working on our CAPER. And what the CAPER is, is the report that we give to HUD 
about all the programs that are funded by CDBG, which you've heard many times mentioned. Every program pretty much that we fund, the funding comes from HUD. The foul weather shelter, $25,000 of that has not come from the city. The city doesn't set that aside. That is taken out of our public service allocation from HUD. So this plan is available for review on our website right now. It is in draft form before I submit it to HUD on Thursday. And right now it's available for public comment. All the questions you guys asked, who's doing what, who's serving who, who's spending what, all this can be answered by referring to our caper. If you guys go on to the um, city's website, go to the community development department, go to the housing division, go to the community development block grant program and scroll down, you'll see the caper in draft form. It is in a dashboard. All right. <laughs> it is, there is numbers, there is narrative, there is data, there is dashboards, there is everything that we did with federal funding from 2022 to 2023. And I'm preparing, you guys, city council approved our allocations already for 23 to 24. So I'll be preparing reports on all those organizations. Those organizations include many people who are here. They include the Housing Authority, their mobile home grant rehabilitation program. They include um, Habitat for Humanity. They include Turning Point Foundation. They include Project Understanding back there. Um, so a lot of these organizations, the great work that they're doing and the people are serving are all captured in this report that we submit to the government. And I think it would really behoove every member of this committee to pay attention and look at that. And please make public comments because we are going to, we have to put this out there for public comment and we will take all these public comments and submit them to HUD. Well, Lee, I think I should have wished for something more. I should have been thinking a little bigger. Um, so all that stuff is on there, yeah, and it's, um, uh, it'll be on there until the end of the day tomorrow, and then it has to be submitted to HUD. It'll be submitted in a draft form. They usually have some changes that they ask us to make, so it'll go through another iteration of edits, and then I'll post the final draft, um, and that should be available by the next time this committee meets, so I'll make sure to have that available. Did you say is that an annual report or is that a... That's annual. That's, we wrap uh, that up at the, it's due 90 days after the end of the fiscal year, okay. which would be June 30th. Yep. So I got to get it in. Technically, it's Thursday the 28th. Well, great. Because we got some 31-day months. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Anything else from staff? No other staff communications at this time. Okay. Great. Uh, oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, if you go to the city website, um, they just rearranged our website, so it is a little challenging to navigate. If you go under, um, I think government at the top, and then there's departments. You'll see a little sidebar under community development, and then there's a, another menu at the top, divisions. We're the housing services division. We manage the CDBG and the home funds. Um, so that is if you just click under community development grant pro programs and go all the way down to the bottom. There's actually um, all of our capers going back to 2016, 2017. So you can kind of see, you know, we've been funding several organizations year after year, you know, similar amounts, but when we're talking about resources that we have, 
this is a good idea to see where we're allocating them and where we could, you know, if this committee wants to give input on how those can be reallocated. Because we're, we know that there's gaps and stuff like that, but we're, you know, we're like a family trying to make a budget. You know, we can't afford certain things. We don't have a lot of dedicated exactly. funding. We have CDBG, we have Measure O, you know, and that Measure O funds a lot of other things. So yeah. for things like the foul weather shelter and other programs like that, there's no dedicated city council funding that's for those programs. That needs to happen if you guys want to have that happen. Yeah. yeah. But, but again, I think that, uh, it's interjected, that, uh, I think that no problem is too big. We divide it up amongst everyone in our community. And whether it's the faith-based organizations, whether it's some of the nonprofits, whether it's the chambers outreach to businesses, as well as all the effort we do here, together we can make a bigger impact. That's what I think. Great job, thank you. Really good. All right, uh, no other further staff reports. Uh, no other hands in, in our uh, chambers tonight. So with that, I'll adjourn the meeting at 4.03 p.m. And I'll see you next month. Thanks again. Oh, no problem. Ha, ha, ha.